Welcome to What's the Word with Pastor Ryan and myself. We're excited to have you on with us today. Amen. As you are hopping on right now, tell us who you are and where you're watching from. We haven't hit our 100th comment yet, and the person who helps us get to 100 comments wins a gift card on us, and we just want to give you stuff today. Amen. So make sure you're telling us where you're from, so that way we can say hi to you. But are you ready for the Word today? It's going to be awesome. I'm ready. Amen. <laughs> I felt like singing Teddy's song. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes, I'm ready. Share the broadcast, like, subscribe, hit the notification button, and let's jump into it. So Amen. we've been talking about uh, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and this is how the house of our life gets built. And have you gotten a lot out of it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually told Pastor last week, this is a topic he said for years that he's taught on, but not yeah. since I've been at Boomerang, so like eight years basically. I was stoked when he said we were going to be going over this. Yeah, it was literally 10 years ago, that mm -hmm. I, because it was 2011 that I was ministering this. So that time went quickly. <laughs> <laughs> some days it went quickly. Some days it seemed slower. <laughs> but now perspective is quick. Yeah, now, now looking back. So anyway... Um, Thank you, Lord, for everything that yeah. you're doing in this uh, week. We just praise you for it. And, Lord, just thank you for helping us uh, to build our house, to have understanding, and uh, to have the knowledge that fills the house and gives us establishment, Lord. Thank you. Let's just read that key verse. It's Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4 in the Amplified. Uh, Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family built, and by understanding it is established on a sound and good foundation, and by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And so what you see here is that when we actually will dive into the things of God, God will give us yeah. wisdom, understanding and knowledge and wisdom understanding and knowledge will actually give us the our house being yeah. built and uh, like i said a house a life a home a family uh the house of your occupation even it'll build that as well um, so that godly wisdom will build it understanding will make it stable and give us the firm foundation and then by knowledge it'll be filled with all precious yeah. and pleasant riches uh, but what we're talking about today is what is the key to have these things what's that one key that opens it all up and we started with this last week we started last week talking about uh, how to get out of our head uh, because a lot of believers I've, I've found over the years it's it's a very common thing a lot of believers are stuck in their head yeah. and they're so much stuck in their logic that they can't allow a flow of the spirit and what we said last week is you have to learn how to get out of the logic and out of the physical mind and get into the flow of the Holy Spirit and you get into that through relationship with intimate fellowship with yeah. God and so as we move into intimate fellowship with God, uh, all of a sudden things change. Yeah. And there's that flow, there's that wisdom, there's that understanding. And in that is where God really will give us everything to build us. You know, God gave us this verse uh, simply because God gave us this verse because he wants our life built. Yeah. 
He wants our life stable and founded and always standing up straight no matter what comes along. He wants our life, he wants our life filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Yeah. But in order to get it, we have to go after him. Yeah. We have to move into an intimate fellowship. And we're talking about that, that one key. How do we move into this intimate fellowship? How do we stay in that place? Yeah. So. Well, and, and I know for people watching, like, there may be that temptation to, oh, I, the key, fellowship with God, click on, all, all done, push past that feeling. Because yeah. here's the thing, it may sound like a, well, duh, that, that's a good key. This is something that when you grab a hold of it, your entire life will change. Yes, yeah. that's right. Everything about how you operate, how you understand the Lord, how you understand your job, your kids, yeah. your husband, your wife, it all flows yes. through that, through yeah. fellowship with him. So this is not just a, a well duh it's this is huge yeah and actually you know jesus says this in in him or yeah. the word says this in jesus in him we live and move and have our being that's yeah. act 17 28 uh so in him we live and move and have our being uh and so one of the things that i've talked about is that in Jesus, in relationship with him, when we abide in him and he abides in us, we'll ask what we want and they'll be done. Yeah. These things come through that intimate fellowship yeah. with God. Uh, these things move in that way. And I said, in him we live. So in Christ, when we abide in Christ, we have life to the full, like what John 10, 10 says. Put the scriptures in the comments. Y'all yeah. are being lazy on your commenting. You got to pick that up. <laughs> Last few days, nobody's commenting. You got to pick that up. You can't, you got to interact with us here. We like uh, you. Yeah. We want to hear from you. So, uh, First of all, I said Acts 17, 28. Now I said John 10, 10. Have it there so other people can have it too. But uh, one of the things that you see is in him we live. So we have life to the full yeah. till it overflows. Life to the full till it overflows. So when he says in him we live, he's not just talking about getting by. Yeah. But if we'll be in intimate fellowship with him, all of a sudden we'll have life to the full till yeah. it overflows. And uh, one of the things that we need to do is recognize God wants us to have that full life. You think about every room filled with yeah. the knowledge of him, right? He wants our life filled with all precious and pleasant riches. That means every good thing. He's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. He's not withholding it, yeah. right? And so then you see in him we live, we move, we know where to go, we are empowered to get there, we know what, how to avoid traps, you know, we have our motion. Many people are like, I don't know what to do, things like that. In him you'll know. Yeah. In relationship, in a fellowship with him, an intimate fellowship with him, you'll know what to do. And we have our being. In other words, everything we need in our life to come into being, you know, is found in him. Yeah. It's all found in him. So, yeah. amen. Well, and I remember when I moved here, I, I had lots of theology and I had lots of things correct in scripture, but you and Pastor Nicole for, oh my gracious, at least two years, I want to say three, maybe four, maybe yeah. yesterday, I don't know. But <laughs> the common thing that you both would tell me is you need to know who you are in Jesus. Yes. Like you need yes. to know who you are. And here's the thing, fellowship with him 
it helps you to understand who he's called you to be. Yeah. Because let's say, you know, Pastor Brian and I, like George and I are, are obviously we are planted here at Boomerang. So Pastor Brian and Pastor Uncle are our pastors. You know, we consider them to be spiritual parents. We also, like we've talked, we're in covenant with them. But yeah. let's say it just stopped as pastors were my pastor. And that's all I knew them at was the title of being pastor. And I never knew, you know, Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole, they're for me. They love me. They desire me to achieve the greatness that God has within me. When I go to their house then, when I come over, I'm just going to stand at the door. I'm going to wait to be directed into their house. But because I have fellowship and intimacy with them, when I go to their house, I know I can go get a drink out of the fridge. I can walk into the pantry and get something to eat. I can sit on their couch. I can turn on the TV if I wanted because I know my rights that I have, not just as a congregant, but as their, as their spiritual daughter, as, as somebody that we're in covenant with as a, just in our relationship. But if I stopped with my, the relationship title is pastors, my pastor, the end. And it's the same way with the Lord. If God is just your ticket punch to heaven, he'll never be your healer, but you've got to know first, God wants you healed. Yes. Amen. Well, and one of the things, do you remember, explain, explain to them the difference. It's in Mark, uh, 228, I believe it is. So talk to them about, and I want you to see some, there's a scripture that I want her to establish a point. There's a scripture there, and then I want to take that knowledge, and I want to apply it to another scripture so you can see something. Where does our fullness of life, where does the filling, where does the wisdom, understanding, knowledge come from? It comes from intimacy with him. So what I want you to show, I believe that's where it talks about uh, that it, it talks about that fasting is only the, and it shows where they won't fast now, mm-hmm. but they'll fast later. Is like that, afterwards. is that the right verse? I don't think so. Okay. Um, put it in the comments. Buddy, yeah. Put it in the comments. <laughs> maybe it's, anyway, maybe it's somewhere else. I but. promise it's in the word. As soon as Buddy puts in the comments where anyway, that scripture is. Where it talks about, it might be uh, Mark 4. So anyway, but it, it's where he talks about yeah. why don't your disciples fast? Yeah. And he said, while the bridegroom's here, they yeah. don't fast. And so explain to them, just in your own words, what we've been talking about, about uh, you know, where, what that's basically saying. What's yeah. the p- real purpose behind fasting that we yeah. talked about? Talk about that. Yeah, well, fasting and prayer, you know, Jesus is saying not to do it while he's there. It's because Jesus had that intimacy with them already like yeah. he's there they're not having to put themselves down they have access to him immediate access directly in front of them yes. but when he's saying that in a little while he's going to be taken or he's not going to be taken he's going to go and that's when you fast and pray it's because we still we live in a corrupted world and we have a flesh to contend with but when we fast and we pray what we're doing is we are putting our flesh down so that way we are able to step into a deeper intimacy with him so as we put the flesh you know your flesh will try to throw temper tantrums it'll try to be loud but when you when we start to learn the difference between this is the flesh voice this is the voice of god all 
all of a sudden, your hearing goes up higher. You can hear him in a whisper. You can hear yes. him by a leading. You don't need to hear the booming, massive voice from heaven. You have the still, small voice that will be able to lead you and guide you. And Jesus wants you to be able to hear him not just over a megaphone. It's like what Pastor was saying yesterday with Luke. Luke is three years old and through a crowded room, I was there, it was crowded, it was loud, <laughs> and through that room, Pastor snaps his finger and Luke is able to recognize the tone of a snap. Like, it's not like tones, the snaps sound all that different, but he knew his father's. Yeah. And fasting, when you have that time of fasting, you are stepping into an intimacy with him. You are posturing yourself to be in a deeper intimacy with him than you've been at before. It's, you can contend for things, you can ask for things from heaven, and there are things that'll happen when you fast and pray. But when you fast and pray, the number one thing that happens is your intimacy with him goes to a place that's never been before. Yeah, and I wasn't far off. It was Mark 2.20. They put it up. So not 28, but 2.20. But one of the things that we see about this fasting that Jesus is saying is this, and this is what I want, want you to hear and see, is that, you know, many people say that fasting will cause you to hear the voice of God better. It will. Uh, it, many people say that fasting will cause you to walk righteously. It will. Uh, in that way. But all of these things were still required to hear from the Lord and uh, to walk uprightly, to yeah. walk better, to put the flesh down is what a lot of people say fasting. This is the purpose of fasting, yeah. put the flesh down. They still needed to do all those things yeah. while Jesus was there. But what was the thing that they couldn't do while Jesus was there? thing they couldn't do while Jesus was there was fellowship with him yeah. or fellowship. Uh, what they had while he was there was fellowship with him. What they would be missing when he went away was fellowship. Yeah. And so the main purpose of fasting is an intimacy and a fellowship. Yeah. And so now if you go over into Matthew 17, I want to show you, this is a major, major point. And a lot of times I don't, I think, I don't think people have seen this. And so I want you to see this. So do you remember the verse? It's Matthew 17, 21. And it says this. It says, but this kind, talking about casting out a devil, he says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Yeah. Matthew 17, 21. This kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this is how this story takes place. What's the context surrounding this? And so what happens is the, you know, what will come around is, and you'll see, is that the guy comes to him, the father comes and says, hey, you know, my child has a devil. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cast him out. Right. Then, they, then Jesus rebukes the disciples and says, oh, ye of little faith, basically, again. You know, how long am I going to be with you, right? And then he says, now he said, now watch this, yeah. didn't he say they can't fast while I'm with them? But then he comes back to him and he cast out the devil. He rebukes the devil. The devil goes out of the, out of the child. And then, and then all of a sudden he says, this kind doesn't come out but by prayer and fast. Well, wait a minute, Jesus. You, you said we can't fast while you're here. Now you're kind of rebuking us, telling us we need to fast, mm -hmm. right? Now you're, now you're kind of telling us, hey, you need to fast. And so what's actually going on there? Why, that seems like a double standard, but it's not. The issue is 
this man approached him as they were coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. So in other words, if you know that story, if you back up and read it, that Jesus only took Peter, James, and John at the beginning of chapter 17. So the disciples that couldn't uh, cast it out weren't the ones with Jesus. They were the ones that were left at the bottom of the mountain. And so what were they missing during that time? They hadn't been in fellowship. They had not been in intimacy with God, and because of that, where was their fullness of life? Where was their power? Their power was drained because they had been in intimacy with Jesus, but now he'd been gone for a little bit. They hadn't spent time in prayer and fasting with the Father. They hadn't been in fellowship, and they didn't have the the power and the knowledge or the gifts of the Spirit in operation that they needed to actually see this devil cast out. So a lot of times it's this intimacy, it's this fellowship, uh, you know, and I appreciate what you, it's this intimacy and fellowship that really brings about a power and brings about a release, right? And uh, many times uh, I think it's so important that we, we're doing all the business of church and the business of being a Christian, but we're not spending time with God. We're not spending fellowship with him. We're, we're doing the business and the work, and we should do the work. Yeah. But the work is not what's most important. When no. you go into Revelation chapter 2, you see that the Lord says, I'll crush your work. You know, I'll put your work to the side. I'll remove your lampstand yeah. if you don't return to your first love, and that first love is an intimate fellowship with God. Yeah. And so, and this first love, this intimate fellowship with God is the ultimate goal of Jesus coming and dying for us. We talked about that in John 3.16 and John 17.3. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. That's where it flows. But it should be. Now watch this. We're not talking about a wooden, um, uh, blocky walk with God. No. You know, we're not talking about a legalistic walk with God. We're talking about a flow. Yeah. There's an... Uh, Our intimate fellowship with God, please put this in the comments, our intimate fellowship with God should be a flow. Mm -hmm. Our intimate fellowship with God should be a flow. So what you see in that is in this intimate fellowship with God that's a flow, it's not like one step, stop, two step, stop, three step, stop. It's an ongoing fellowship where there's a flow, where the peace of God and the the Spirit of God is leading us and guiding us to the left and and to the right, and we're avoiding traps, and we're finding the blessings of God. You know, know, almost like if you can picture like a video game where if you follow the right path, you'll pick up, you know, the gold or pick up the coins, but if you follow the wrong path, it'll slow you down. And if we will see that and recognize our flow with God, that it's such an intimacy in that way, and I liked what you brought up before about the refrigerator rights, which I'll explain in just a second. But um, our intimacy with, with God should be such a such an intimacy that if He just turns His head slightly, you know, then yeah. we then we turn our head, you know. Yeah. There's a flow, and there's such a sweetness in that presence. It's a it's a knowing and getting to know one another. Yeah. And what you brought up was in um, Craig Rochelle's book, It, the book It. We'll put up the link in the description. Uh, you can get it. It's a great book. It really is. Uh, yeah. And in that book, he talks about churches that have 
it is what he calls it. They have something. You know, you can have a group. Thank you for putting that link up there. You can have a group of people uh, that that don't get it. Yeah. That are they're they're functioning, but there's no there's no chemistry, there's no camaraderie, and then you can have a group of people where it's like alive, yeah. and the people love each other. And he was saying in that book, like my leaders have refrigerator rights; they can come into my house, and your team ought to have that. Well, they can come in and and you know grab a a coke out of the out of the fridge, yeah. and it's no big deal. And we have that on our team. Like any any of our ELT can go in, like hey, get yourself a glass you know where it is yeah. you know and uh, fill it home and we have that but it took some it took some doing to get there yeah. you know it took some do well that's the kind of relationship that we should have with the Lord like I can remember when I first started getting into some of the most intimate places with God I'd wake up in the morning I'd say hey Lord how are you doing and it was just this I love you so much I just want to talk to you you know, like you're so real to me in that way. And that was truly, and it wasn't that I was not esteeming him. It's literally that that intimacy is an esteem to yeah. him. That intimacy is an yeah. esteem. And when we move into that level of intimacy with God, there's a flow of the power. Mm -hmm. There's a flow. I can remember um, him just being pleased, like, like just wanting... I got a story, but I'm, I'm a, I feel like you got something. Now I'll come back to that story. So. <laughs> well, as, as you're talking, what, what it reminds me of is when I first started really stepping more into the things of God. I remember we were starting at prayer here at the church, and we would do prayer at noon on in the afternoons. Yeah. And I just, like, I was happy to do it but I had feelings about it. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff I've got to get done through the day. Like taking, <laughs> at the time, it was taking two hours out of this to do it. Just seemed like a lot. And so the first, like, I don't know, week or two, it just, it felt yeah. kind of stale. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm here. Yeah. I'm doing it. And the person who was leading prayer at that time, she pointed out, she's like, you need to turn your brain off. Like, yeah. What do you mean? I need to turn my brain. Need to get out. out of your head. And I was, and I, and I didn't even realize. Which it. is what we talked about specifically yes. last week. If you've had trouble being in your head, go back and yeah. watch that video. Yeah. And uh, maybe what we'll do as well is put a link at the end of this video or, or something. Or yeah. Something. So. Yeah. Well, what I was doing in prayer is I'd have moments where my head would start list making. I've, I've got to do this as soon as prayer is done. Yeah. And then I'd realize it and be like, no, okay, here's the list of what I've got yeah. to do to get into intimacy with God. So I'd shift from like a job list and into, okay, when I'm praying to God, make sure you're praying <laughs> to God, make sure you're doing this, this. And it just went from list yeah. to list to list. And what I was doing is I was just so in my head. Yeah. I wasn't in a flow. And, and she told me, she's like, you need to stop yeah. and you need to think about the Lord. Yeah. And what that reminds me of is, you know, in, in my marriage, my, me and my husband, those moments where it's felt stale or it's felt. And look, if you have been married for any period of time, you're going to have those moments of temptation where it could feel that way. That's when I've been thinking about something else or he's yeah. been thinking about something else. Like he'll be thinking about his job or I'll be thinking about the ministry or we'll just be thinking of tasks instead of yeah. in our times by ourselves, esteeming one another enough to turn your brain off. And it's not that you don't think Ever, 
But the fellowship with God has to be that first moment. Like that, that has to be through yes. the lens. You know, pastor said it last year, like at the end of last year that the Lord told him specifically, it's time to do business differently. Yeah. And it's because there's work to be done you yeah. know, in your life. You've got a job, you have a family, you have different things. There's work to be done, but we do it through the lens of intimacy first. We, we need to be Mary's yeah. and not Martha's. Martha is yeah. the one who is so focused on the task that she missed that intimacy. And if you asked Martha, yeah. she would have said, no, I have a great relationship with God. Yeah. But yet Jesus corrected her and rebuked her yeah. over her, you know, intimacy. And I, and I did I don't know Martha. I wasn't, you know, she, <laughs> I didn't know her personally, but, um, <laughs> she, you know, but I've seen a lot of Martha's. I've been over, Martha. Yeah, I've been, I've been, that, I've had that same spirit. You've been not, Martha. Not Martha. You've Martha. Martha. Let's, let's make it masculine. And uh, so, hey, Ashley. And uh, my Ashley. mom said, great teaching on getting out of the head. There's the link up above. You can watch that later. Side note, we had our 100th comment. Holly Shaver, you win. Oh, good. I didn't yes. see it. Praise God. Yes. Congratulations, Holly. Go to whatsright.com slash gift, and you can claim your gift card. Amen. Glory to God. Every day. So, and uh, Nicole, my wife says, he's been married to a Martha. <laughs> well, okay, moving on. And um, so, <laughs> how else do you handle that? Like, uh, no, you're lying, or... Yes, you have been a Martha. You like need to repent. Most every person has been. <laughs> Everybody Martha. has at yeah. some point. So yeah, <laughs> she says I admit it. <laughs> no. So one of the things that we see, though, in this intimate fellowship, and this is what I want you to understand: this intimate fellowship is not legalistic. Yeah. It's not wooden. But in this intimate fellowship, God will give you the wisdom to build your yes. life. And he'll, he'll move you in wisdom where he becomes the builder. You, he gives you, the, let me put it this way, because he's the builder, not us, right? Yeah. You know, by wisdom, a house is built, but in the word it says, I will build them. He, he builds us, right? If I'm not the builder of the house in Psalms 127. So let me say it this way. Wisdom of God that will come through intimate fellowship will position you for God to build the house, yeah. for God to build everything. So uh, the wisdom of God. What? Yeah, Martha keeps a nice house, though. Yeah. I, I love that people are they're getting real. It's confession time on on lunch plus. You know, I've been a Martha. Hello, my name is. I've been a Martha. Yeah. And so anyway, but uh, the Lord, He'll give us in that intimate fellowship. He will actually give us. Uh, wisdom. He'll give us the yeah. understanding yeah. that will position us so that our house will never fall. It will always be plumb. It will always be straight up and yeah. down. It will be solid no matter what storms come, that we will never fall. And then he'll give us that knowledge where he will fill our lives with all precious and pleasant riches. Yeah. And um, But here's what I want you to see. This intimate fellowship that we're talking about, it's not a legalism. Mm -hmm. You know, I had one, one point where uh, we had somebody at the church, and um, they, they claimed, and I believe them, I, I, they claimed that they would read their Bible anywhere between, uh, most of the time they said three to four hours, but I would say two to four hours, me adjusting what they said a little bit, but I believe they would do it. They would read their Bible two to four hours every single day. 
every single day. And I believe them because that was the type of personality that they had. And yet this person who spent this time with the Lord reading their Bible, Mm -hmm. it was so legalistic. It wasn't in fellowship. It was in legalism. And I watched this person do one of the most cruel acts. It wasn't illegal. It was just something they spoke to somebody. And I'm telling you, though, you talk about cutting to the heart. And it was like, when they said it, they said it, walked out of the room. Everybody in that room, it was spoken to one person. They immediately turned their attention to comfort and, and give love to that person. But at the same time, their mouth dropped open because of the viciousness and cruelty of this person that supposedly spent time with the Lord. But see, they weren't in in time with the the Lord. They were in fellowship with a legalistic structure, not fellowship with love himself. In other words, you can read scripture and not get anything out of it, and that's what they had done. Versus... Versus, let me show you something about the heart of God and the character and nature of God, like what we were talking about yesterday, um, is we actually, I had a period of time, the Lord just reminded me of this. This was several years ago. And the Lord had asked me, what do you like? And I went, gosh, Lord, I've been, I've been working so hard. I don't know what I, I don't know what I like. Yeah. I said, will you tell me, tell me what I like. And he pointed me to watches. He said, you like watches. And, and uh, he said, that's why you look at them on everybody's wrist because you admire them. Yeah. You're not wanting everybody's watch, but you, you admire them, you it's know. Not coveting. You're no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was like, to me, it's like an, a piece of art on a wrist, you know. It's yeah. like the way, it, the design and everything. I just think it's cool. And so... Um, I was like, I do like watches. That was my exact thought. I do like watches. Like, you are so smart. Yeah. And um, so then uh, the Lord said, and you need, he told me, he said, you need to go and find what you like yeah. and put it on like the Amazon wish list and have a list of that. Well, at that period of time, I put all these different watches on the list. Now, how important, and Indirectly, I can answer this a different way, but how important is what I like in a watch to the ministry and kingdom? You know, on the surface, it's not important. There, I'm telling you the story because it is important, but on the surface, it seems like it's not important. But I want you to see this because it goes beyond just helping ministry in this way. It goes to an intimacy where God was so concerned just with what I liked, just with what I liked, right? He he was just concerned about that. And nobody knew it. Nobody knew it. And so on that list, I think I put 20 watches, right? And uh, all of a sudden in those 20 watches, there was one and it wasn't the most expensive one. It was actually one of the cheaper ones. And, um, but I just really liked it. And so the issue was I made this list like two weeks before Christmas and, uh, Nicole had already bought all of her Christmas for me anyway. And, uh, so at Christmas time, I, all the way from that point to Christmas, I was like, I really wish I'd get that watch for Christmas. Like I was just thinking, I just really like the look of it. I like, I like the feel of it. I like the look of it. I really would like to have that watch. And um, so then, um, (laughs) uh, sorry, I was just thinking about uh, something that, a story with that particular watch. 
And um, so then I go to, at Christmas, I didn't get the watch. Mm -hmm. And I, I found myself like a little down, you know. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. And uh, so then I went, and I went to a meeting a few weeks later. Mm -hmm. And uh, a friend of mine walked by, and I looked at his wrist like I do with everybody. I was like, oh, that's that watch. He said, yeah. He said, you know, I got this for Christmas. And uh, I was like, man, I know. I, I know what kind it is. I called out the name. I called out how, you know, I knew, I knew what it was. I knew about it. I knew about that watch because it was the exact yeah. watch that I really wanted, but it was an upgrade. Yeah. It was the one right above it, an upgrade to it. And, um, and the next day he walked up to me. Now, nobody knew that what the Lord, I didn't tell him. I just said, oh, yeah, I know what kind of watch that is. That's all I said. And uh, I said, I, I love the way it looks. You know, it's a great thing. That's awesome. Because you can emotionally make what's about to happen happen if you, yes. if you start dropping hints. Yeah, like and, we're not, and I wasn't dropping hints. No. It was, I was just admiring. And I was happy for my friend because yeah. it was cool, you yeah. know. And, I just want to uh, clarify before you get to the next point. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, you know, let your request be made known unto God and everybody that walks near you within five <laughs> feet. That's what they think the scripture says, but it doesn't. And... Um, it says, let it be made known to God, <laughs> period. All right, and so anyway, um, the next day he walks up to me and he says, I really feel led. I want you to have this watch. And I was like, no, no. I was like, All right. and I, I received it, but it was, it was like, I didn't want him to give it away if he was just giving it away in emotion, yeah. you know. Um, but I've, you know. Part of that was me and not being able to receive, but I've since corrected that. And, um, but I said, thank you so much. And so here's what I want you to see. The Lord knew exactly what I wanted, and nobody else knew it. Nicole didn't know it. My family didn't know it. He didn't know it. No, I didn't tell him the whole story about yeah. that. I just said, yeah, I saw that, and I really liked it. I thought it was cool. I'm so glad you got it. That was it. And, but the Lord said, I want you to have this desire of your heart. Yeah. I put this desire here, and I'm giving it to you. Now, I want you to see that. How important is that in building the kingdom? Well, it builds your faith. Yeah. It builds your faith in the intimacy of God now. But beyond that, it was just because I liked it. And that's how his intimate fellowship is designed to be. He wants to just, you know, know you and you know him. He wants to just be involved in our life. He's very interested yeah. in being involved in our life. If he knows the hairs on our head and knows each number, he's more involved with our life than I'm involved with yeah. my life because I could care less about how many hairs I have and the number of them, yeah. you know. I don't want to know that information. But he does. Yeah. He wants to be involved in our life. And what does that tell us about an intimate fellowship? He wants intimate fellowship with us. Yeah. He wants that. And when we move into this flow of intimate fellowship and refrigerator rights, you know, I don't, I don't believe God for healing because I've, I've done all this fasting. Fasting positions me in fellowship, and I believe God for healing because I know Him. Yes. Not because I just fast, fasted. Fasting is a tool that positions me in that place of intimacy. It yeah. helps me move and stay there so that while I'm there, I'll know him. You go back to John 17, 3, you know, this is eternal life that you may know him, mm 
yeah. you know, God and his son and his son, right? And so what you see is you see that God wants this flow of intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's not a wooden structure. It's not just, well, I, we have to hang out with each other. No, he's desiring that. Not too long ago, um, I was sitting there and it, you know, I was, let me give this to you. I was sitting there and I was heading into a period of time. We had some downtime and the Lord's been, you know, calling me into these moments of fellowship, especially during the fast. And um, uh, refrigerator, right, you'll have to hear a portion a little bit back from here, Kevin, and, and you'll get it. But uh, it's in the book, uh, It, by Craig Groeschel. He's talking about people having a relationship uh, that is so uh, loving and intimate that somebody can come into my house and then go get something out of the fridge, and I'm not going to stop them, and they know they can. Mm -hmm. They know they can. What's yours yeah. is theirs. Yeah, it's, yeah, we're in an intimate fellowship. You don't have to ask. Just go get something out of the yeah. fridge. You know, go get you a, a soda or go get a cup and get some water, whatever you want, yeah. you know, or get something to eat, whatever you want. But that's what it's talking about. But um, so anyway, um, I was, I was he heading home, and we had a night off. And I said, Lord, I just really, I really feel like I need to give my family just this time for us just to have some time together as a family and everything, mm -hmm. which is right, and that's what he told me to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, he, he showed a point. He said, do you realize that the longing that they have to be with you and the longing that you have to be with them, he says, I have to be with you. Yeah. And I went, I hear you. You know, I, I won't, you know, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I see it. I understand that. And he and I know that. He was just reminding me of it to probably to say on here and for me uh, to, you know, and for me to actually walk in more than I have yeah. before. He wants that. He desires that intimate fellowship with us. He desires time yeah. with us. And so. Well, and I mean, I, I have different things that come up to me but you know God knows you better than you know yourself like yeah. that's what that whole story with pastor God knew him better than he knew himself that's right God knows you better than you know yourself yeah. he knows all the number all the number of hairs of head whatever you know what I mean he knows every <laughs> single piece of yeah. hair you have in your head he has them numbered he formed you he created you with great plans you know I I just think the closest, I don't, George and I don't have children yet at this point, and the closest I have to that is really Abby and Rachel and Luke, Pastor and Pastor Nicole's children. Like, I've, I've been able to watch them for the last almost eight years growing up in the things of God, like, particularly Luke. Like, Luke was a baby baby when yeah. I got here, and I've seen them growing in the things that they're called into, and when I see... Abigail getting to do tithes and offering. You know, when I get to watch Rachel lead worship, when I get to see Luke like standing up with Pastor two or three years ago and rattling off confession number one that we go through <laughs> on the broadcast, like I see them and there's just yeah. this this feeling on the inside of me of I want to spend so much time with you and I also want to help you get to where you're called to be. Yes. Like there's not a thing that though that those three could ask of me that I wouldn't do for them if it's in my ability to do it because I want to see the 
best possible outcome for their yeah. lives. I want them to hit the heights that they're called to go to. Yeah. I want to see them reach the fullest potential that they're called to. I will, like, I've sown into them, each yeah. of them personally. I will give, I will sow to do whatever it takes. I'm a person. I'm not even their parent. Like, it's not like I birthed them. Like, yeah. I just was grafted into this family. I'm not God. I feel that way for three young people. How yeah. much does God want to help you become who you're called to become? Yeah. How much does he want to invest in you? How much has he already invested That's in right. you? How much is already available to you? Yeah. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. And the keys to the kingdom is through that intimate fellowship with yes. him. That's why those, those three, Abby, Rachel, and Luke, are able to have that. They have an intimate fellowship with me. Yeah. Like, I, I know them and they know me and no matter what's mine they can have it it's why Rachel goes into my desk almost daily and <laughs> takes out my lotion and uses it because it's hers because yeah. if it's mine it's hers God's that way with you if it's his it's yours yeah his wisdom it's yours go go to you know John chapter 8 Jesus is in this position where he, he's in the temple and this yeah. woman's stoned or, or, or they're wanting her to be stoned because she was caught in the act of adultery they throw her in front of him they're like okay what do you want to do the law says that we stone her yeah what do you want to do almighty oh, one Jesus needed his wisdom, not just for him, but for her. Yes. Like, here's a child of God, like somebody that God loves too. He loved that adulterous woman, and he needed to find out, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do with her? How do I react to this? He needed an intimate wisdom. He needed that fellowship to tell him exactly what to do. The yeah. word tells us Jesus only did exactly what the father told him to do. He only said, he only did exactly what the Lord said. And in that moment, when he's drawing in the sand, he is waiting to hear from the Lord. He is not going to make that move without hearing from him. That's right. If he made a move outside of it, she could be dead. Yeah. Or his ministry could be troubled. He was in, you've preached it yeah. so many times. He was in a jam. But the love of God. Yes. Not just the love His of fellowship God. brought the answer. His yeah. fellowship brought the wisdom. Yeah. His fellowship brought the understanding. Yeah, and not just for him, for her. Yes, that's she right. She was saved that day. Like she was saved from that stoning. Yeah. Because God loved Jesus and God loved her. Your intimacy yeah. with the Father, your fellowship, it is not just for you. It'll overflow out of you and onto those surrounding you. Those people who need it, they'll be able to be pointed to the Father through your intimacy with the Father. Yeah, and you know, God loved Jesus, God loved her, and God loved the people yeah. that would hear that story and see that God is more concerned about intimate fellowship than he is with legalism. Yeah. He wants to save us. He wants to deliver us. He wants to take us to those places. And Glory to God. Buddy put a comment on here. I'd like for you to put it on there as well. It says, God desires to be with me. God yeah. desires to be with me. Put that in the comments. God desires to be with me. Put it in the comments. Yeah. Make it personal. Make it yours, yeah. right? And um, I was just going to say that verse in Psalms, like go through the Psalm, go find scriptures where it talks about how God thinks of you. Yeah. That verse yeah. in Psalms where it says that you're the apple, apple of, of his, his eye. eye. Yeah. Meditate on yes. that. 
you're the apple of God's eye. You go, like the Lord did a work in me a few years ago. When you go through the Old Testament, how many times God says, I will be their God. They'll be my people. That's his heart cry. He wants to be yours just as much as he wants you to be his. That's right. That's right. So as we wrap up, I just want to give you a few points. As you're moving into that fellowship and that intimacy, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in a flow. And let me give you a few points of that flow. Uh, You know, what you find in spirit-led, spirit-led intimate fellowship with God is you find these. Spirit-led prayer, Mm -hmm. spirit-led word, spirit-led worship, And then I'll give you the fourth one, which is uh, corporate worship, Mm -hmm. because that's also where God has an intimate fellowship. Many people are touched and moved by God as the word is preached in a corporate fellowship. So our our fellowship with God is not just alone, because a lot of times you have two different camps of that, like you have it only at the church and only through me. Uh, well, that's not true. And some people think, well, I can have it anywhere I want to, and I don't have to go to church, and that's not true. It's yeah. actually a blend of both of those. And uh, so when you're entering into that fellowship, you want to have spirit-led prayer, spirit-led word time, spirit-led worship, and you want to have a spirit-led corporate worship. Yeah. Notice that the Holy Spirit is involved in all of these, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It helps us. It empowers us to be who we're called to be. Yeah. Let, me, let me give you a couple of points on spirit-led prayer and, and the word and worship. In prayer, spirit-led prayer is simply allowing the Holy Spirit to guide your prayers in the spirit or in your own language. In other words, uh, I'm not, you know, is it important to pray in tongues? I, I feel like Paul, I pray in tongues more than you all, you know. Uh, yes, it is very important to pray in your prayer language by being filled with the Holy Ghost and having a prayer language to pray out the mysteries of God. You should do it a lot. But that's not the only Spirit-led prayer that we should have. We should also have times where the Holy Spirit prays out in a known language and establishes some things like when you resist the devil you know when jesus prayed in a known language by the holy ghost get behind me satan you know uh when you know he says you told him man shall not live by bread alone that was a known language but still a spirit-led prayer so it's there's a time for both of those things but we here's the key in our intimate fellowship with god we need to Pray by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. We need to pray by the leading of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. The next thing is Spirit-led Word. Uh, We allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into parts of the Word that He wants for us at that moment. So we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into parts of the Word where He wants us to be at the moment. Like not too long ago, He told me, I want you to start reading Jeremiah. And so I was reading through Jeremiah, and I'm like reading through the first three or four chapters, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh man, we got some stuff to work on. (laughs) I was like, wow, I needed to read that because it was taking us to the place of holiness and uh, so that we can walk in the fullness of what God has for us. But the Holy Spirit will lead you in that. Not only will it lead you, but he'll lead you in meditating on his word. Meditating on God and his word. He'll, He'll lead you in that. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit will reveal to you 
the things that you're meditating on. He'll, he'll take scriptures. I, recently, I've had it multiple times recently. I'm reading a scripture I've read probably a hundred times. All of a sudden, I, it's like the scripture breaks apart and I can see the pieces and it yeah. just comes out at me. And uh, I think that's something that uh, we can have when we spend time with him and allow the Holy Spirit to do, yeah. do that. And I saw it in ways I've never seen it before. I've had that, I've had that all my life, but I've really seen it recently. That is a spirit-led word time where he brings that revelation. Yeah. And then spirit-led worship is letting God lead your praise of him. In other words, let the, let the worship of God be fed by the Holy Spirit. I think it's in John 4, 24, I think where it says the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. The true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, I'm going to worship by the spirit, yeah. by the spirit. And uh, uh, in our worship, it's also putting God first or being in obedience. Do you realize uh, like Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says that we uh, give ourselves to the work that is our spiritual service of worship is how it says, I think, in the New American, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's our spiritual service of worship. And what that shows us is every action that we take is, watch this, is either worship or not. Yeah. And every action can be led by the Spirit or not. Yeah. And so every action is either Spirit-led worship or it's not. And so our worship is not just when we raise our hands, but we show our worship when we're obedient to the Father and we say, Lord, I worship you. Because if we don't worship him, we'll do what we want to do. But if we worship him, we'll do what he wants, Amen. you know. And so uh, then Matthew 6, says, basically, if you'll do this, you'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added. But it's also spirit-led worship is also our spirit-led speech our thoughts and actions. It's a spirit-led life. Mm -hmm. And Romans 8, 14 says, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And then a spirit-led corporate worship is allowing in Romans 12, 18, it says, now God has placed the members in the body just as he desires, not the body that has the best children's program, not the body where I feel the most comfortable. No, it's a spirit-led leading where God wants to plant you, yeah. to plant you. He's not jumping people around all the time. He wants you planted. This yeah. is a very important thing. And so it's a spirit-led corporate worship. Lord, where are you sending me? And then while I'm there, Holy Spirit, lead my interaction with other people. Yeah. Lead my serve, serving. Lead, lead my love, my forgiveness. You know, lead, lead me in my growth. So it's a spirit-led interaction corporately. Yeah. And in these, we can have the fellowship with God. Um, it was funny, like on Sunday, we had, a, a, I called a couple up. Or, and, and so in that, I was talking to the gentleman last night. And uh, he said, he said, he said, I really don't know what you said. He said, because I was so overwhelmed with the presence of God. In other words, he entered into, when I was praying for him, it wasn't me. I was just a conduit. It was God fellowshipping with him and his wife. And it was such a sweet presence. It was like 
the world went away, yeah. you know, and he needed to go back to hear what I said in English because it's like the world went away because God was having fellowship with him and, and, and touching his life to change it at that yeah. moment. So it's not just at home alone. It's also in a spirit-led corporate worship. Yeah. And um, it's very important, you know, for us to see that interaction. And as we step into that, we set aside, aside time. You know, Isaiah 40, 31, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Or those that are ministering to the Lord or serving the Lord like a waiter waits on the table. Lord, what do you, what do you want right now? Yeah. What can I get for you? How can I place myself at your command? Yeah. And as we will do that, then we will renew our strength. We'll run. We'll soar like the eagles. We'll run and not get weary. We'll soar like the eagles at those heights, you yeah. know. But it all stems from a spirit-led intimate fellowship with God. And, and that place is where that's our key to move into the wisdom that will build our house, mm -hmm. the understanding that will give us a stable and a firm foundation and establish mm -hmm. us, and the knowledge in him will be that knowledge that will fill our house yeah. with all precious and pleasant riches. Yeah. So. You know, as... I know we're wrapping up today. We're also getting ready for those of us who did the 21-day fast at the beginning of the month. We have a lot of people who are nearing the end of their fast. Yeah. Don't be quick to just start putting stuff in. And I'm not talking about food. <laughs> you know, a yes. lot of people Great point. who are fasting, you know, I know for myself in particular, I've been fasting media, so I haven't been watching things, listening to things, unless the Lord has told me to. And as you're coming off, the fast, don't just be quick to hop right yeah. back into media. Don't just be quick to hop right back into listening to music yes. and whatever. You know, when I first moved here, Pastor, I, he was talking about this. I don't remember what specifically he said, but I remember being led to just turn the radio off when I was in my car. Yeah. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a radio on in my car. Like, it's been years at this point. Yeah. Um, I needed... That's one of the greatest things. I've yeah. the same way it's been... Since I've had it on, like, I'll play a CD of worship. Sure. It's been, like, decades now almost. Sure. So, yeah. Well, what, the reason this all came up to me is because as pastor's talking, you know, my husband, George, one thing he, he said to me a lot, the Lord has used him to challenge me in this area. He has, he has said before, you don't enjoy being alone. And he, he said it, I'm like, I'm alone a lot. What are you talking about? <laughs> and... I real like through that I realized I just have different inputs coming in. Like yeah. I may be physically by myself, but I'll be listening to preaching That's or I'll be really listening good. to a book or I'll be listening to a podcast and I'll have voice, 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 yeah. voice. Christian, faith-based, like men and women of God, but it's not directly the Lord. Yeah. So when you're as you're coming off the fast and as you hear this and you know you look to bring in the spirit led yeah. word and corporate word, be wise and be led yeah. on what those things are. Listen to your shepherd, like go listen to the preaching in your house, but that doesn't mean that you have to go feed on everything else. The Lord is capable to talk to you. Yeah. He wants you. That's he doesn't right. just want you through somebody else. He wants you. Your yeah. intimacy with him is important. And so you, uh, and I'll wrap with this. Right. You said during the reset, 
series that we did back in 2014, Pastor Brian actually challenged our entire congregation. When we wake up in the morning, going back to what Pastor Brian said at the beginning, when you wake up in the morning, good morning, God. Yeah. Good morning. And just tell them good morning. When you're driving in the car. Start their fellowship. Start your fellowship. But like as you're doing the tasks. Lord, would you like to drive with me to work today? Yeah. And that sounds silly, but he's that real. Yeah. Like we had a man who used to come to the church and he was a rough man. Like he was, he was, he was a, a rougher around the edges type of dude. He wasn't like a super emotional guy. But after a week of doing this, he stood up and testified and said, everything's changed. God was yeah. in the car with me today. Yeah. I felt God in my car. Yeah. He's ne- I'd never heard him say something like that. Yeah. Start by talking to God first. And through that, let him lead everything else, every other input, every other interaction. He's good like yeah. that. You know, you reminded me of something, and, and that's the Lord. What you just described is the Lord. And um, I, when I was driving for <clears throat> my job, and it was really like my schooling for, mm-hmm. for being a minister yeah. and a pastor. Uh, but it was, I didn't realize that. To me, it wasn't schooling at the time. I look back on it now and I recognize what the Lord did. But to me then, it wasn't that. It was just, Lord, I love you and I want more of you. Yeah. That was it. You know? And now I realize what he did. I mean, I was on the road from anywhere from two to six hours, sometimes eight hours a day. And I'm talking about driving time. And I would just be in my car listening to preaching, teaching, different things, praying in the Holy Ghost, yeah. you know, that time. It was a precious time. Matter of fact, I, I hated it. I hated being on the road. I was ready to minister. I felt called and everything. I hated to be on the road. But the truth is, after that time went away, I had been in so much in the presence of God and my time had been given to him that the truth is I miss that time. I still to this day miss that time yeah. because it was a lot simpler. You know, yeah. it, things were a lot simpler in that moment. And I found the Lord actually bring me back and say, you just need to get with me. Yeah. You know, you stop doing what you're doing and get with me. Yeah. And, uh, but here's something that happened during that period of time. So the beginning of it was this. When I first started the process of going after the Lord, I turned off secular radio. Mm-hmm. And then I went from secular radio to, you know, what, mo- what most people would call gospel radio or whatever. And it was very quickly, it wasn't long, and I was like, I can, this, I don't know if this is any better. I'd and rather uh, listen to the I'd music. rather, yeah, <laughs> like, anyway. We'll just leave that right there. And, uh, but those who know, know. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, so then I was like, well, I gotta find, I can't listen to this garbage. Yeah. And um, I've got to. <laughs> you didn't leave it right there. I didn't leave it right there. You're right. I was meaning to. I had good intentions. And uh, so I can't listen to this. I've got to find. So I found some worship music uh, that really blessed me. And I found preaching, teaching. I had the Bible on tape and the Bible on CD. And so I started listening first to worship music. And then I was listening to preaching and teaching. And I'd go down all, all hours of the day. I'd be listening to preaching and teaching, yeah. and I'd be going through the Bible and, and um, you know, go through the Bible, listening to all of it and everything. And then it was like, and watch this. The more I allowed the Holy Spirit to move me, 
the more I started turning all of that off. Yeah. Now, the Bible, listen to the Bible, of course, was not a bad thing to do, and the preaching and teaching wasn't. But here's, here's my point. God wasn't wanting me just to have input yeah. from sources. He wanted input from himself and me to converse with yeah. him. And I found myself at the end of that period of time rarely turning on anything. It was just me and the Lord, and I'd be praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'd be praying, or I'd be silent. Mm -hmm. I'd be silent, which is a form of that interaction and prayer and communication. You know, prayer is speaking, but there's how am I ever going to receive anything if I don't shut up? You know, and I needed to be quiet. Yeah. And it goes back to we feel like we're, and Kevin said it, break the addiction. You know, we feel like we've got to have this input all the time. You don't. Yeah. That's what you've grown accustomed to. You know, it's like when we when we had fasted, you know, certain foods and we were kind of cleaning and our taste reset. You feel like you've got to have all these extra spices and overspiced food. You don't. That's just what you've gotten used to. Mm -hmm. And if you'll change what you're used to, it's very potential, it's very big potential that the thing that you used to really love will cause you to throw up. And that's the way the things of the world are. And that literally happened. We went from a place where, you know, like we went to a Chinese buffet for somebody's birthday party. I literally wanted to throw up yeah. because of the over seasoning of the food because I had changed what my normal was. Yeah. And so one of the things that we need to do is we need to slow down and we need to allow God to show us what he's doing and spend time with him. Yeah. Spend time with him. And I'll, I'll tell this last story and then we'll end for today because this is when the Lord did this to me, and told me this, it changed so many things. Um, I was, I had a particular man that I had received input and preaching from, but not personally early on in my young adult life. And um, he, he's a guy that I began, I was immediately, as soon as I heard the message, I went, where is this kind of preaching in America? Where is this kind of preaching? I want to find people yeah. preaching like this, yeah. expecting God, mm -hmm. you know, big faith, yeah. you know, not just, not just normal, you know, average stuff. Where is this kind of preaching? And when, and this guy became, by watching a few of his videos, um, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, you know, the fire of God. I got baptized in the fire of God. And it was because he had, he had, preached and taught on the fire of God and yeah. preached and taught on what we could walk in, God's normal. And um, so this guy became like a hero to me, sure. although I'd never met him, never been in a service with him. I just saw videos. It was really before YouTube was what it is today. And um, so a few years ago, I got the opportunity to go and meet him and to see him be at a service. And the Lord said, go. And I said, okay. So I went and I went to the service. And uh, it was the most beautiful thing because you, you ever been in a service and it's like they're playing all of your favorite songs yeah. and like those, like the ones that move you, you know, and I was sitting there, that's what was happening. And I know in just a, and you know, in just a moment, here's going to walk out this hero of mine. And then, you know, he walks out, he's sitting there and um, he's, he's scanning the crowd. He looks at me and smiles and everything. He's like 
eight feet from me, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. And I'm just sitting there like, Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you, Father, for allowing me to be here. What a blessing. What an honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said, are you happy that you're here? I was like, very much so. He said, are you happy to meet this guy and to hear and to be ministered you know, to personally? I was like, absolutely. Absolutely, Lord. I'm, I'm so thrilled. And uh, the Lord said this. It shocked me. It shocked me. He said, do you know that everything that that guy has that you like, I gave it to him. And I'm thinking, every good and perfect gift comes from him, James 1, 17. I'm like, yeah. I was like, that make, yeah, that's right. He, he said, matter of fact, he said, if, I hadn't, if he didn't have me operating in him, you probably wouldn't like him. <laughs> and I went, like, and the Lord wasn't bursting my bubble. Yeah. I, you know, I do like him because he did allow what God gave him to be. And, and watch this. Now, I had flown, you know, halfway across the country yep. to be at this meeting. At the Lord's leading, I wasn't wrong to be there, yeah. but I'd, I wanted to meet this guy and see God flow through this man and everything. And uh, I wanted impartation and all of this. And I've, you know, seen, I've been around the world and met some great men of God, you know. Um, but he said, here's what he said to me, and I want you to hear this. He said, if... If this man didn't have me in him, you probably wouldn't like him. I was like, okay, I get that. I see that. He said, did you realize every morning, no matter where you are, you have available to you what you like about this man in relationship with me? Mm -hmm. That's what God said. He said, you've got me every morning. And instantly I was convicted because I had not been giving God, the same esteem and expectation that I'd given this man. The only reason I like the man is because of God. He's like, you have me every morning. And I'm actually the one who gave him what you like. But he said, and in other words, like I was right to be there. I was in the right place. I was right to hear this word. But what he was telling me is, Brian, you need to expect and get in fellowship with me. You need to expect me and get in fellowship with me yeah. like you're expecting out of this man yeah. who has a corrupted flesh. I'm not. You know, and that's what the Lord was showing me. I was like, Lord, for, I repent and I just praise you. I worship you. And from that day forward, that really helped to start a new look yeah. at intimacy with God. And when you get in intimacy with God, out of that flows all of the fullness of God's life. But we have to set ourselves, Lord, I want this intimate fellowship, and I will not leave it. I'll go after it. I'm hungry for you. I want you. And so as we finish up the fast, if you're fasting with us, move into the intimate fellowship. That's what fasting is all about, is an intimate fellowship with God. That's the thing that it's all about. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Well, we just praise God for you. And uh, you want to do the offering? Sure. You know, this broadcast is free each and every single day, every weekday. We sow this into you directly. We're not asking for anything other than for you to be obedient to what the Lord has told you to do. You know, it says in the word that if we are obedient 
and willing that will eat the good of the land. You know, through this broadcast, part of that worship, part of that spirit-led worship, it's giving to him. Yeah. You know, it's part of why here at Boomerang, we do offering immediately after worship because they go hand in yes, hand. Yes, they do. When you worship the Lord, everything that is yours is his because everything that is his is yours. Yeah. You know, he... God gave you the best. In John 3, 16, it says, yeah. God so loved that he gave. gave. And he didn't give stingily. He didn't, like, give, yeah. like, Jesus 8.0. That's, like, the remix version that's <laughs> not as good. Like, he gave you Jesus. Yeah. He gave you the best that there is. He yeah. gave what was most precious, what was most holy, what was the best thing he had when we were enemies with him. He sent Jesus because he loved us so much. Yeah. And he wanted to demonstrate it through his son. So Jesus came, lived a spotless life, lived a perfect life, became your sacrifice. And when he died on that cross, the veil was torn in two. That separation between you and God is yeah. gone forever. It's not there as long as we abide in him and he abides in us. We can have yeah. relationship with the Lord. How much is that worth to you? And look, don't give under compulsion. Give as the Lord leads. Yeah, but under as, pressure. Yeah don't, yeah, don't give under pressure, but as the Lord leads you. Yeah. It's like what I was saying earlier about Abby and Luke and Rachel, Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole's children. They could ask anything of me, and it's theirs. Like, they could ask me, it, Rachel has asked me, I think, to drive my car. Are they I, watching this? Because I'm not sure that was good to say out loud. I mean, she's back there. Um, <laughs> there's one here. But, I mean, they know this. Like, I've had the girls ask me for different things. Luke, love is unconditional giving at the leading of the Lord. Yeah. Luke has asked me for things, and as long as the Lord tells me, sure, cool, we're going to go do this yeah. thing. Let's. The first time Luke told me he loved me, I wanted to go buy him a car. Like, I I took out my wallet. I'm like, what is in here to give to you, young man? He was That's a great story. He wasn't even two yet. And I was like, cool, we're going. Like, something's happening. Because his love moved me. God's love should move you. Yeah. Eo, if I can buy a dolphin, I'll buy you a Rachel dolphin. Rachel, just ask her for a dolphin. <laughs> it's her favorite animal. Thank you, thank you, Julie, and thank you, Kevin, yes. for those seeds already. Yeah, as you're sowing, you know, let that love of God move you. Let it move you to give as he's leading you to give. Let yeah. it move you to do something that demonstrates your heart of love for him. And that can be a million dollars. It could be the pocket lint that's inside of your pocket. Whatever you have to give that he's saying, give this then just yeah. be obedient. But the willingness has to be there. That's how you eat the good of the land. Yeah. Because you're demonstrating, God, I love you. Yeah. Nothing of mine is reserved from you. What is mine is yours. Lord, if you want it, you yes. can have it. And I know there is something so much better, so far greater than I've ever seen before. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I want you. I want you more than this $10. I want you more than this car. I want you more than this house. I want you and I want you blessed. And when you sow to him, when you sow into the ministry today, you're not sowing into what's right. 
I mean, you are physically, but we're just a conduit. We're his. So as you sow into the ministry, you're sowing into souls. Yeah. You're sowing into the gospel. You're sowing into people who have never heard the good news, hearing the good news. That's good ground, and it's something that pleases him. Thank so just Lord. ask the Lord right now, Lord, what do I have to give? Yeah. What can I give? What can I give you that would please you? Show me what that thing is. And Father, I ask right now that for every viewer watching, every person, whether they've already given or not, I ask that you speak to them now. Reveal your heart and your desire for what you want given today. Yet, yeah, Lord, everything is yours. Yeah. There's nothing in reserve. There's nothing I'm keeping behind my back hidden. Say that out loud with me. Lord, nothing I have. Lord, nothing I have. Is off limits from you. Is off limits from you. I give you everything. I give you everything. Because you have given me everything. Because you have given me everything. I can never outgive you. I can never outgive you. But Lord, my seed today. But Lord, my seed today. Let it be a demonstration. Let it be a demonstration. Of the love that I have for you. Of the love that I have for you. And Lord, speak to your people and give them the strength you, and empowerment empowerment to operate as you've called them to operate in the seed and for every person sowing I call in the name of Jesus yes. every seed blessed Lord as they sow cheerfully yeah. willingly out of a heart of love may it be returned back to them 30 60 100 fold let it be a supernatural quick return and God as you see our hearts you know the hearts of men and women Lord, as hearts are today turning to you to give you everything, to yield to you as we've never yielded before, your word says that those who honor you shall be honored by you. Yeah. Honor your people today in the realm of finances and beyond on a God level kind of honor. We thank you for the seed. We commit to honoring it and to putting it to what you direct us to do with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we just thank you that those seeds are multiplied, yeah. pressed down, shaken together, running over you, into Lord. their lives. In Jesus' name, and we thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Uh, we got some cool stuff coming yeah. up. So are you, you want the... Buddy's, Buddy's got it. Buddy's got it. All right. Well, let's go to Buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. It's going to be a great day. 1130 lunch plus. What's the word at noon? And we'll see you then. Have a great night. Here's Buddy. Hey, guys. Uh, it's me. Um, we have an, a couple quick things that we want to share with you. First up is Kickstart. Let's put that graphic up on the screen. If you're watching on your TV, or on your uh, computer, I want you to real quick pull out your phone, pull out the camera, and scan that QR code because that'll take you directly to a, a website that gives you all the information that you need to know about Kickstart. Or you can just go to bclife.org slash ks to get some information. But guys, Kickstart is coming up February 10th, 7th to 12th. Uh, if you go to that link, it'll give you all the information you need from hotels to, to restaurants. There's a lot of stuff on there. And we want to encourage you to be a part, prioritize this week. If you're not from the area, drive or fly here. Whatever you can do, make sure you are here because the Spirit of God is going to be in this place. February 7th to 12th, it's going to be Sunday at 10 a.m., 
Sunday at 6.30 p.m., and then all throughout the week, Sunday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. Guys, we want to encourage you to be a part of that. But tomorrow we have another great and powerful broadcast for you, so we hope to see you tomorrow at 11.30. And if you want to be here tomorrow for the Word, make sure you're here at 12 o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow for uh, Lunch Plus. We love you guys. Have a great day.